0: This is Episode 4 of Season 5 of the Runner Girls Podcast. On tonight's show, we will be talking about cross-country skiing for cross-training. Hi,
1: I'm Sue. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan, and
2: this is season five of Runner Girls, three women brought together by a love of running.
1: Yes, now that we've all been running, <laughs> we could talk about running some more. Before we get to that, Katie, how was this concert that you've been waiting to go see for months?
0: It was awesome. The concert itself was. Excellent. Got to go up there with one of my best friends and her husband actually volunteered to drive us so that that way we didn't have to try to find parking. And with it being a work night for me, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about staying awake all the way back because let's be serious, going to a late concert on a work week or work day when you're 32 is a little different than when you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's a band that I have loved since high school, Dashboard Confessional. We saw This Wildlife, Vinyl Theater, and Dashboard Confessional. So the doors opened at 7, Show started at 8, of course, with the two openers. Dashboard didn't take the stage until like 10-ish.
1: Wow, it's a like so late <laughs> we're,
0: Yeah, we're getting out of there at 11, and Cincinnati's about an hour and a half away. So it was it was pretty late for me. Came rolling back into my apartment at about one thirty in the morning, and my alarm went off at 5 o'clock in the morning because Friday is my extra early day with morning duty outside in the snow. So Friday, I'm sure I was not the most pleasant person, but I got through it. I survived it, and uh, the show itself was great. I'm glad that I went, but... I mean, it, it was really funny because most of the people in the crowd, you know, were close to the same age, all kind of in our 30s now, going to see a band that we've enjoyed since, you know, we were in high school. So you could overhear people like, doesn't he know we have to work in the morning? Doesn't he know we're old now? We're tired. Like all of this kind of conversation that was happening. I was like, okay, well, that makes me feel a little better that I'm not the only person who's like, man this is late can we hurry up
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know exactly what you mean i've never really been a concert person because i've always been someone who goes to bed early and gets up early i Uh remember like my first concert i went to i ended up like it was a new kids on the block concert and i was like nine years old and nice my mom bought me a comic book from the merch table and i just like laid down on the chairs and was reading the comic book during the concert like I had no interest at all (laughs) and then the last concert that I went to Jeff and I went to see the Beach Boys last summer and it was amazing because it was all old people and we Mm -hmm. all had seats and we all had like wait waitress service and we got out at a decent hour (laughs) it was like such a perfect old person concert I loved (laughs) it (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome So yeah, I can sympathize with you about the late night concert stuff Not quite being the same as when you're younger Exactly But I'm glad you had a good time
0: Oh yeah, it was awesome I mean, I've seen him several, several, several times now And each time it's a great show I think that's what keeps me going back Sometimes you go and see a band that you've liked for a really long time And as they get older, they don't always age gracefully shall we say like their voice doesn't sound the same the years of hitting those notes hasn't been kind to them you know but dashboard that is not the case he still puts on a killer show
1: i wonder how it feels to him from going to like putting on shows for like screaming teenagers to now it's like almost middle-aged women Yeah, Well, it's, I
0: mean, it was still a really good mix. And it's funny, because, you know, I was browsing Instagram the next day by clicking on the hashtag. And (laughs) there were lots of people like, hey, apparently 30 year old prior emo kids can still get rowdy. (laughs) (laughs) It was still a really good crowd. I mean, everybody was into it. So that was nice.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's great. How are things with you, Megan? How's things going down in uh, North Carolina? Good, just been working
2: and running and sleeping.
1: Good, all good things.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's I think I fell asleep really early. Oh, Friday night, I had a very exciting adult night of going to go get pizza. Came home and watched an episode of This Is Us and went to sleep at like 10 o'clock, you know, because I'm secretly 40.
1: You say that, like, 10 o'clock is an early bedtime, but I am always asleep well before 10, so I find that hilarious.
2: Yeah, but for 26, you know, it's (laughs) definitely not the norm.
1: Yeah, that's probably true.
2: So, yeah, I mean, good. Just been working and hanging out at home. Marshall has um, worked seven days in a row and gets to work all next week. Wow. And then we'll go out of town Friday night to Raleigh for his Krispy Kreme race again.
1: Awesome. Has he been training this year? Uh,
2: He ran 5Ks with me from November to January 1st. And then he hasn't run in four weeks. So I wouldn't really say so.
1: So equivalent to last year.
2: Yeah, except (laughs) less because he actually went out and did like a couple runs last year just dedicated to Krispy Kreme training. Yeah, not so much this year. But he's oddly faster than he was last year. Like, his 5K times and stuff were much better this year, with less running. Hmm. So, I hate him a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's a guy, so...
2: Yeah, but he doesn't ever run. He just kind of goes out there and all of a sudden is fabulous.
1: Well, it's a good thing Jeff doesn't run, because... I wouldn't want to feel like competitive with him because I know he'd be way faster than me. But awesome for Marshall doing the Krispy Kreme challenge again. I can't wait to hear about that. There's actually a race coming up, I think in March, around here that's called the Donut Dash that I was thinking about doing, but there's a local 5K that's closer and uh that I've done before that I'm probably going to do instead but I was I was definitely tempted to do a donut race and I'm like hmm try for a PR or run and eat donuts that's a tough one <laughs>
0: <laughs> decisions decisions yeah
1: cuz I know if I do the donut dash I won't be running it fast I'll just be trying to survive it so so yeah that's a that's a that's a tough challenge I think yes oh
2: Speaking of donuts, we had a new like specialty donut place open, so I went yesterday and got really good donuts after my run. Nice. What'd you get? I got a maple bacon donut, so it had maple like frosting on it and mm. then a bunch of bacon. Awesome. And then I got one, ooh, it was peanut butter icing with chocolate drizzle. Nice. And then I had a chocolate icing one with salted caramel drizzle that I didn't end up eating, and Marshall ate. I brought it home to him.
1: They all sound amazing.
2: They'd, and there's even more, so it might become like a long run
1: thing. <laughs> he's going to he's do his Krispy Kreme training after the race.
2: <laughs> yeah, see, he didn't even go with me because it was after my 13-mile run, so oh. he didn't even know about it. I went with running people, and then I just brought him a donut home.
1: Oh, that's great. I found, um, you know, we don't have a lot of fancy donut places around here. We pretty much just have Dunkin' Donuts. But now, like, our local convenience store, Cumberland Farms, has, like, donuts and stuff. And I was in there the other day, and they had a chocolate hazelnut filled donut. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to try that. Because I'm thinking it's going to have, like, Nutella filling. And it wasn't quite... Nutella-ish. It was was good, though. It was really good. That was my splurge for the day, because I I haven't been eating. I've been trying not to eat as many donuts as I would like to.
0: (laughs) Y'all are making me hungry.
1: (laughs) I know. Well, why don't we move along, then, and talk about something that's a little healthier than donuts, and (laughs) find out how running's been going. (laughs) So, Katie, last week was pretty good for you. You managed to get out there a few times. Have you been able to get out again this past week and explore your city some more?
0: Uh, This week did not go as well as last week, unfortunately. I had a lot going on throughout the work week. And then, of course, Thursday, I had to leave right after work to go to Cincinnati and back. Friday, it was snowy. Saturday, it was snowy. Today, it is snowy. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. Uh, The thing is, it's like right there at 33, 32 degrees. So it's enough for the snow to fall from the sky, but it doesn't really stick to anything, which is annoying. Like, either snow to where I don't have to leave my house or don't snow. (laughs) I don't like this in-between crap. So, um, yeah, that happened.
1: These are words of somebody who clearly doesn't get much snow because if you were up here, you'd be like, thank God I can drive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, that's it. like my friend's husband who drove to Cincinnati for us the other night. He's from Alabama originally, and he is the same way I am about snow. He's like, this is ridiculous. It's not so much that he hates the snow. It's the fact that like, here if it snows, you still have to go out and do stuff where I'm used to if it snows like the entire state shuts down, no one go outside <laughs> for like you went a to the week grocery store before yeah <laughs> until it's all melted at least so I, I'm still adjusting I'm mm-hmm. still adjusting in fact, it was snowing when we got out of the concert venue at big fat flakes up in Cincinnati, and I was like, oh is that snow <laughs> and Lisa was like, it is going to be a long winter for you." <laughs> But on the upside, at least the days are getting longer now, so winter is on its way out. But yeah, no running for me this week, but on my calendar for next week, I already have two penciled in that I'm going to do after work, um, tomorrow and Wednesday, so even if the weather is crap, I am going to make myself go to the gym that we have here and and get them in on the treadmill because I am not gaining any more days before run the bluegrass and I just need to get it done. Mm. And um, even if it is snowing, walking across the parking lot is not going to kill me. So (laughs) that's the plan. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Good luck. I can't wait to hear how that goes for you. Thanks. All right. So this week was a pretty good week, I, I think. Not a ton of stuff, but keeping busy every day. Monday, I went to the pool and had a swim and aqua jog. I got there kind of early, so I actually had time enough to do a mile in the pool, which turned out to be one of my faster miles, if not my fastest. So I can definitely tell that I'm getting faster swimming. Not nice. not a lot faster, <laughs> like just like 10 seconds per lap or whatever, but still it's, it's nice to, to be get, getting better at that. Um, mm-hmm. Tuesday was uh hill repeats and it was pretty cold on Tuesday. So I ended up staying inside and just doing that on the treadmill. I had trouble doing the, the incline that I did last time, which I think was like 6% incline and I just ended up sticking to like four and a half. And then I had an asthma attack while I was running. So I ended up having to, like, go and grab my inhaler and take a couple puffs and then finish my workout. But it it really didn't turn out to be a really good workout on Tuesday. I think I got maybe a couple miles in. Wednesday, I did a bike ride. And then Thursday was my marathon pace run. I did three miles at marathon pace plus a mile warm-up and a mile cool-down. So I basically did my five-mile loop. And um, fortunately, the three middle miles are the flattest <laughs> of the run. So like, you get you get a hill starting out and then you get a hill coming back. But um, the middle miles are pretty flat. So I, I was able to do pretty well. And those three miles were all just under 10 minutes. So it was really good. And I ran the whole thing, no problem. So it wasn't easy, but I did it. And I was really, really happy with that. Friday, I went to the gym and did a couple workouts, a longer one on the Stairmaster and then a shorter one on the elliptical just to get a few more miles in. And then Saturday was my long run and I was planning on around six, but um, I was meeting Michelle for a run. So I just told her I'd meet her at her house and I ran to her house, did four miles with her and then ran back home. So I ended up doing seven total. Um, and that was pretty good. We kept it at a really easy pace. She's been doing all of her running in the winter on her treadmill, so she hasn't been mm-hmm. running outside at all, and like the hills are were just like kicking her butt because she's been at like zero incline on the treadmill. so we went really easy, and it felt pretty good, except like coming back my left leg was really bothering me and I was really worried about it because I'm not used to having pain while I run. So I took it pretty easy yesterday and I'm pretty sure it's just like really sore calf muscles. I was rubbing them today and they're really tender. so, So today I didn't do a lot. I just did a body weight workout and skipped all of the lower leg intensive stuff, just mostly upper body and like hip and glute stuff. And Did a little bit of yoga today, and that was it. So it's a pretty good week I got in my 30 miles for the week Most of it cross training, but some running in there and then um, plan for next week will be Tomorrow morning will be a swim Tuesday depending on how my calves are feeling will either be another hill workout or an easy run I was hoping to start my speed work soon, but definitely need to take it easy on my my legs right now Wednesday will be a bike ride. Thursday will be another three miles at marathon pace. Saturday, I'm going for eight mile long run, which I'm feeling pretty good about because my seven miles felt pretty good. And then Sunday, depending on how I'm feeling, will either be an easy run or cross training or rest. So I consider Sunday to be my free day. Like whatever I feel like doing that day will be what I do. So... So that's it. That's the plan for this week. I keep like thinking like I should put my training plan up on the website, but like Mm -hmm. every week I change what I end up doing anyway. (laughs) So I'm (laughs) like, I I could put it up, but I don't know how much of it's actually going to be what it's supposed to be. But I guess you could say that's true of many training plans anyway. so. So that was my training. So Megan, I saw you were getting out there this week with some interesting runs. How did things go for you?
2: Monday night was 800 meter repeats. No, 400 meter repeats. And I really underdressed. I was so cold.
3: Really, my one hand
2: was. It was rainy and it was only about 40. And I was like, well, it won't be that bad. But for whatever reason, it just felt so much colder. Yeah, And it wasn't just me a couple of us were like why am i so cold tonight and it must it was drizzling like that misty drizzle the whole time in like 40 and monday was a teacher work day so i wasn't on my normal schedule like at work with my food and everything that sounds weird but like i end up eating pretty much every day at the same time because that's the way my schedule works with the periods and kids there and everything and sure. because it was just me i Ended up eating once in the middle of the day and then not again. And then I went to run. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that run was not particularly fabulous. I mean, my 400 meter repeats were all under two minutes. So I was averaging under like what would have been an eight minute mile. Yeah. But I didn't feel good doing them. I felt pretty terrible. So I only ended up doing six and I was like, I have to stop. <sighs> and I think I was supposed to do eight. Or no, I only ended up doing eight instead of the 10 I was supposed to do. And then my hand was so cold. But I still got about three and a half miles in, and I was happy with it. And then Wednesday, I finally met up with the group instead of running by myself on the treadmill. And it was really, really interesting. So my plan called for one easy mile warm-up, three miles at race pace, which right now is 1041, and then one mile cool-down, kind of slow. I went out with a couple people who I knew were a little bit faster than me. And I ended up running five miles at an average of 9.26 per mile.
1: (laughs) Wow. So, yeah. So
2: nowhere near race pace. Nowhere near what I was supposed to do. And while it was difficult, I did it and I didn't feel like I was dying.
1: So that's good. (laughs) That's really, really good.
2: Yeah. I got to adjust pacing. I'm emailing my coach tonight. Because I didn't, and I talked to him, I'm like, I got to figure out what to do, because obviously my race pace should not be 1041 if I just ran 927 miles and I'm not dead.
1: No, you're faster than me right now. So I would think that you're, I mean, you got to be right around two hour half marathon range, maybe 205. You've got to be right in that, right in there somewhere.
2: So yeah, my fastest mile was my fifth mile. Like it was in the eighth. So I ran four miles and then ran like an eight. 40 mile (laughs) for mile five. So, you know, (laughs) that's just.
1: (sighs) I'm so jealous.
2: (laughs) Look, it was, I was worried it was a fluke. So I didn't really, I told my coach, but I didn't really say my, I didn't send him the paces yet to change my plans because I knew I had a long run coming up on Saturday and that was going to be my, well, if this really is it, you know, if I really am faster then this will tell me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I had a 13-mile long run yesterday, and it was super hilly, like over 400 feet of elevation gain, gain over the 13 miles. And it was 28 at the start, so I was bundled up. I was pretty much cold the whole time. And if you wear gloves, you know how your hands get sweaty inside the gloves, but yeah. then you take them off and they're too cold – And then you put them back on and your hands are now sweaty and cold in the gloves. And you just fight that battle the whole time of, I don't want to wear these gloves. They're cold and sweaty, but without them, my hands are freezing and this is gross, but I have to do it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was pretty wonderful. And I set a half PR yesterday in my 13 mile training run by like five minutes. That's awesome. Holy cow. Yeah, and um, faster than what my goal time currently is for, you know, the race since this week.
1: <laughs> I hope you didn't peak too soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
2: think my plan was just really conservative. So I'm definitely emailing, like, so my pace was 1030 for just over 13 miles I did. Wow. I hit my half at 218.
1: Yeah, that's, that's about what I did during my marathon. That was like 10... Ten thirty, ten forty. yep.
2: Yeah, so I am going to fix my pacing and go more aggressive, and I think just trust myself more, Yeah. because I think I have this issue of still thinking of myself as a slow runner, and I'm not. No. So I know for sure I'm going to shoot for at least 2.15. That's probably what I'm going to go for right now for the half, start out with the 2.15 pacer, and then if I feel good, go ahead, because that worked for me last time, so it'll keep me conservative. And 215 will still be a PR yeah. because my last official one is 226 or 223. How many more weeks do you have? It's the middle of March. So I have all of February Mm -hmm. and then almost three weeks in March.
1: Okay. I think that you'll see in a few weeks that clearly you are definitely capable of more. Like I I would say start out with 210, but you know, you have time before then, but I I would not, for sure you could do 210. Definitely. Definitely. And I think even faster, like I I really think if you did five miles at 926, did it feel hard? And like your last one was 840. Did it feel hard or did it feel like, how did it feel?
2: It felt hard, but it was a tempo. I mean, I obviously could not keep 927 up right now for 13 miles, but it was also hilly. And that's the thing. And it, you know, it was after work. It wasn't in the morning. So the conditions were not... Anywhere near what they'd be, mm-hmm. so I don't think nine twenty-seven right now is half marathon pace. Mm-hmm. It might be ten k pace for sure.
1: Man, if you break two hours before me,
2: <laughs> I'm, look, gonna... I'm not. I don't think I
1: will. But <laughs> I think you could. I really think you could. Honestly, Um, if you stick to your workouts, you've got plenty of time to boost to boost your fitness even more before March. So. I'm really excited for you and I, I don't want to like make you like think that like, I don't know, <laughs> I'm really excited for you. I think you're going to do very well if you, if you keep up with the consistent running.
2: Yes, I know. I'm excited too, because this race will be, it'll be flatter than what I've been running on and the race is so good. Mm-hmm. So I'll keep, and to do 1030 on Hills is really good for me. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep training on hills and see what it um, – see, maybe I'll start out – paces for the half marathon are 152 or 2.10.
0: Those are the pacing groups you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: I would say start with the two, the 2.10 group unless um, you're, you know, in the next few weeks you're seeing like huge improvements. I would start with the 2.10 group. I would – I think that's definitely right where you want to be. But I I think for sure you drop them right away.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, last year I stayed with the 230 pace group for about the first five miles. Mm -hmm. And then I dropped them and ended up finishing 30 seconds per mile faster. Right. So I sped up obviously for the last eight. So that might be what I do if I start out with 210 or 220, seeing how I feel in the next couple weeks. That way I can start conservatively and not burn myself out. Because I also, I finished that with walking from mile 10. Was, there was quite a bit of walking after mile 10. Right. So my goal really this year is to run a half marathon with zero walking.
1: That Had that one that you just did your long run, were you walking during it? No, I didn't
2: walk any of it, but we did stop a couple times for water. Okay. And like
1: crosswalks and, and stuff. And you're, you're going to be doing longer than 13 miles in your training also, right?
2: Yeah, I have a 14 mile run. I have two 14 mile runs.
1: Yeah. You're going to be good. Honestly, like if you do them, if you do all your runs, (laughs) if you do all your workouts as planned, I think you're really going to amaze yourself. I'd also, I'm also kind of afraid of you selling yourself short. Like even starting with the 210 pacer, like they should have a two hour pacer. Why wouldn't they have a two hour pacer?
2: They do. They do have a two hour pacer. They have 152 and 210. And I might be able to get by because they also have marathon pacing. So for the first half, Like the first 10 miles, I think I can run with a marathon pacer. They're just all aligned to Boston qualifying times. Right. That's why they're spaced out like that. Because it's a big Boston qualifier for North Carolina. Because it's one of the only flat races in the entire state in the spring.
1: When is Tobacco Road? March 19th. Okay. So, damn it. (laughs) Your half is before mine. (laughs) I don't, honestly, I, I don't think I'm close, as close to two hours as you are, even with the extra week or two of training that I will have over you. <laughs> I don't think it's going to matter, but I'm I'm hoping to get around 205 this spring. And I think for sure you could get 205 or less, Megan. So um, I'm excited. Yay. What a happy note to end on. Um, was that your last run of the week?
2: Yeah, I meant to do one more, but... Thursday, I got busy with work, and so I didn't get my easy run in, but it's okay.
1: I hope now, like, you're really pumped to run again, because I'm excited for you, and I don't want you to lose this.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, I'm so excited. Good. Uh, So, tomorrow is 100 meter hill repeats, so it's going to be a shorter day, but it's all about running uphill, so that'll be interesting, and then I have tempo intervals, and I got to see what my pace is going to be. I'm going to email my coach and see. I've been running them. My fast pace is at about 10, but I know that's going to be too slow. So I got to see where I'm going to fall with that. And then I have an easy four mile run on Thursday. And then I run 10 miles. No. Yes. 10 miles with the middle miles at race pace. So that's like too easy. Middle miles, race pace, too easy. And I think I have to do that Sunday or late Saturday afternoon.
1: Do you have any shorter races coming up, like any 5Ks or anything like that? I don't. It's the cold weather emptiness. Yeah, same here.
2: We don't have a whole lot of 5Ks because it's February and nobody wants to do one during February. Right. I do have February 12th. In two weeks, I'm doing a loop. It's like a marathon loop but you do it with teams and we'll have six people on our team. Yeah. And I think the whole loop, you will only do it like eight times to get a marathon. So I might be able to, to do one of my loops and it's about three miles. So it'd be close to a 5k. So I could race it. If I just say I'm going to do one and race it like a 5k.
1: Yeah. Doing a race will give you a good idea of what your, your goal pace should be for your half. You, you know what you run in training ideally isn't even going to be as fast as what you run in a race. So yeah, see, and
2: I know Thanksgiving I ran a twenty-eight nineteen five k back in November, and that's when I had taken time off after my marathon. And then I ran a thirty minute five k in December in the cold. So though I'm right between like twenty, really, I know I could beat my PR of 28 10 right now
1: yeah you'd get under 28 for sure you're probably pretty close to 27 I would think
2: so that's I think that's what I'll do with my goal for the race in a couple of weeks is just race those three miles all out like a 5k and see what I can do
1: and when you do that make sure to tell your coach about it because that will give him an idea of what your target pace should be for your for your half too great job this week. Awesome. Awesome job, Megan. I'm super excited for you. All right. Are you girls ready to move along and talk about cross-country skiing as cross-training? Sure. All right. <laughs> This week, keeping with our winter sports theme, we're talking about cross-country skiing. And this comes from an article on Competitor.com called Cross Training 101 Cross-Country Skiing. And it's by Kelly O'Mara.
2: Running outside in the winter can be hard. Snow, ice, and cold make running unappealing. But those same elements make another sport very appealing in the winter, cross-country skiing. Nordic skiing or cross-country skiing can be a great, challenging cross-training option during the winter months. You maintain cardiovascular benefits, says John Lumley, a running coach and the owner of the Running Hub in Santa Fe, New Mexico.
1: Cross-country skiing is notoriously hard aerobically. Multiple studies have found that Nordic skiers have the highest VO2 max, the maximum capacity to transport and use oxygen, of any athlete's. This is largely because cross-country skiing is both weight-bearing and uses just about every muscle in your body," says Gail Bernhardt, an Olympic cycling and triathlon coach. That general fitness translates well to running once winter is over.
0: But along with maintaining or even improving general fitness, skiing also has some specific benefits for runners. Runners are hopelessly poor athletes overall. Well, that's depressing. I know, right? (laughs) Says Lumley, because they tend to spend a lot of time just running and not working on other athletic elements. Cross-country skiing can help round out runners as athletes.
2: Bernhardt says she finds that skiing improves a runner's balance. It also helps strengthen an athlete's ankles and makes them more flexible. While those are the biggest additional benefits she's seen for runners, Bernhardt says cross-country skiing also has the advantage of strengthening small abductor and pelvic girdle muscles. And the fact that it's a non-pounding exercise can help small injuries and stress
1: reactions heal. Ben True, a professional runner for Saucony, used to cross-country ski competitively as well. The fact that he spent so many years skiing helps him feel fresher, he thinks, than if he'd simply been pounding the pavement for so long. But cross-country skiing can be exceptionally hard for beginners to just jump into. It's a very technical sport, says True.
0: First, you need to live or go somewhere where there is snow. (laughs) That helps. Then there are two different kinds of Nordic skiing, classic or skate. Classic tends to be easier to learn, says Bernhardt, and is done when your two skis going straight back and forth, typically in a groomed trail. Skate skiing or freestyle looks a lot like skating. Neither version is easy, though.
2: It's a good idea to get started with a lesson, even if you've skied downhill before, so you can learn the technique of shifting your weight from one leg to the other to propel you forward. Trying to figure it out on your own will likely be frustrating and not a particularly good workout. You can't get the benefits unless you know how to do it somewhat reasonably, says True.
1: So here are some things to keep in mind. First, take a lesson. Cross-country skiing is hard to just pick up on your own. And that's why I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Pick a style of skiing, skate, or classic. Classic is usually easier to learn. Skiing is all about weight shift, says True. Commit to one leg and then to the other to get moving. Next, lean forward, not back. There's a tendency to get too far back on the skis when you get afraid, says Bernhardt. And lastly, keep your hands in front. When people lose balance, they want to put their hands behind them, but that makes you fall on your butt. So really interesting type of workout for people who are dealing with cold, snowy weather and can't really get out to run. I think I've been like once in my life with a friend of mine when I was way too young to appreciate it (laughs) because it was cold and I was already not athletic. So I didn't really enjoy the experience. But having looked into this a bit more in preparing for the show tonight, I was like, man, I'd kind of like to go do it, except, you know, I'd have none of the equipment or know anybody who does it. But sounds like it's a pretty good workout for runners considering how well it improves your VO2 max and your stability and all that. So another great cross-training activity to consider there.
0: Yeah, I know that whenever I go skiing, that first day afterwards, you're like, ooh, I didn't know that muscle was there. (laughs) You know, you always kind of feel it definitely the day after. So you're working a different group than you do normally. So I, I agree. I'm sure it's a, a good workout to help with running.
1: Did you go downhill skiing or cross-country skiing?
0: Downhill. I haven't done cross-country. So there again, you're probably going to be working even more groups of muscles that you don't necessarily on a daily basis. Yeah. Although I stick to like the baby hills. Yeah.
1: So... <laughs> There's
0: no way I'm doing the like double black diamond. No way that's like double broken leg is what that is. So I just stick on the bunny hills.
1: I won lift tickets once and I had the option of either downhill skiing or snowboarding. And I opted for snowboarding just because I thought the skis looked really complicated because there's two of them. And if mm-hmm. <laughs> one snowboard, I figured would be easier to manage than two skis, but no, I spend way more time on my butt than actually moving. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've never really been a winter sports kind of person, but I think I'm, I'm working my way up to it. I think. There you go. All right, up next we have Runner Girl recommends. Mm-hmm. Katie, I see your recommend is something that I enjoy. Oh nice.
0: My recommend is Someone Knows Something podcast. Have you listened to both seasons, Sue?
1: Yes, I have. I am I listened to the first one and um I am thoroughly invested in the second one right now. So
0: I know that's me too. All of the characters, and I just love to listen to their Canadian accents. Like, <laughs> I just I just love it. But it's a really, really good podcast. Both seasons are about different people that have disappeared and they're trying to figure out what happened? What were these people's lives like? What was the situation leading up to the disappearance? And then what happened afterward? The two seasons are not intertwined at all. The first season is about a little boy and the second season is about a lady. So if you like kind of that true crime, disappeared genre, then I do think that you would enjoy this. Uh, and I'm glad that you you have listened to it as well, Sue. So.
1: Yeah, um, if you're somebody who likes to know how things turn out, though, I don't, I don't know that you're going to get that uh, closure. Right. I guess. Yeah. Um, the first one they they have updated with ongoing searches and mm-hmm. results of of those searches. So there is hope that things get resolved. And I know with the current season, there's always the possibility that there is someone who knows something, and that that something will come out. Whereas with the current season, I think that there's plenty of opportunity for it to get resolved, whereas the the first one, we may just never know what happens, even if they do find uh, the little boy. Right. Um, but yeah, both really, really interesting stories for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Great recommend. Thanks. Megan, what is your recommend this week?
2: My recommend this week is something I got in a stride box, and I used it on my run yesterday. And they are the Jelly Belly Extreme Sport Beans. I don't know what makes the extreme different, honestly, than regular <laughs> sport beans, but they were the extreme. I think
1: it's maybe they're meant for extreme sports, like running. <laughs> yes.
2: But they have regular sport beans. Why are those not meant for running?
1: Oh, I didn't know there was two different. I thought that was just a name.
2: Maybe they, there isn't two different. Maybe they just name them Extreme Sport Beans and they're for everything.
1: Or maybe you you use the extreme beans if you're doing a more extreme sport. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know.
2: But they were watermelon flavor and they were delicious. I found out that I really don't like goo in winter because it's disgusting. It kind of like congeals together. Like in summer it would get warm and be like kind of really soft and easy to eat but in winter it kind of like gets hard like frosting and isn't Mm -hmm. as easy to eat and it's cold and I really don't like eating it cold in winter so I had to find something else to get and so I've been testing out a bunch of different things and I tried the sport beans and they were really good
1: awesome I think I've had them once before years ago I just the, the only issue that I have is that I can't Chew and run at the same time. Like, if it was something softer, I think it'd be easier. Like, I, I, for a little while, I used, um, Sour Patch Kids because those were a little easier to chew than, than the beans. I'd like choke on them or something. <laughs> but yeah, everybody has their preference. I'm okay with the goo in winter, but I think I always like the thicker consistency goo than you did anyway, Megan. Cause yeah. I don't like the, like, the really soft one. Like, the, the, the caramel one was always a little too soft and almost runny for me. So, see, I like the frosting <laughs> consistency of the goo. <laughs> but to each their own, right? Yes. Jelly Belly Extreme Sport Beans. Watermelon sounds like a good flavor. It sounds yummy. My recommend this week is my latest find in the search for the holy grail of low-carb ice cream i I think I've recommended before the coconut milk ice creams, which are pretty good, and I have since also tried other types um I have a do not recommend, which is do not buy the Arctic zero ice cream <laughs> it's so gross yes, I brought the vanilla maple it's only like thirty five calories per serving, and it tastes like it it is it's like skim milk ice cream it's so gross yeah. so um But my recommend this week is the opposite of that. It is Halo Top ice cream, which I'd seen recommended on keto forums before, but we just hadn't had it in any of our local stores until recently. And my local store market basket started carrying Halo Top. And of course, I had to try pretty much every flavor. They are all delicious. It is low-carb. It's low-calorie. Depending on which flavor you get, it can be 240 calories for the entire pint, but it doesn't taste like it. It tastes yummy. Hmm. (laughs) Many delicious flavors. My favorites, I actually like almost all of them. Right now, I have lemon cake and strawberry in my freezer, which are both really good. Um, But I also like the sea salt caramel is really, really good. And the chocolate almond crunch totally reminds me of Ben and Jerry's Totally Nuts ice cream, which was one of my favorites when I was in high school. I don't even think they make it anymore, but Totally Nuts is awesome. And the Chocolate Almond Crunch doesn't have as many nuts in it, but the flavor is the same. So really good stuff. Definitely recommend Halo Top ice cream if you want to indulge without, the <laughs> without having to eat as many calories as in a normal pint of ice cream, which is a lot. So I remember once I ate like an entire pint of Ben & Jerry's in one day. And then I looked at the back of it and it was like 1,200 calories or something. Oh, I was no. like, oh my God. <laughs> so definitely recommends going with a better for you <laughs> low calorie ice cream. Halo Top is my new favorite. Nice. And up next we have Runner Girl of the Week this week's run a girl of the week is from Strava and this is our friend Vanessa from Australia she recently completed one of the many ultras that she does now this was a six hour trail run I believe her first official trail run because even though she's done like 50k races before i think she's always done road races she managed to complete 41 kilometers and it was the knapsack six hour run and she said it was amazing she said it was the hardest 41 kilometers ever should have trained on trails so i just wanted to say congrats to vanessa because i know how hard she runs I see all of the runs that she she posts on on Facebook and Instagram and all that and I know she works her butt off and I'm just super excited for her to complete a trail run and she posted a picture on Instagram of her beat up knees and like her torn (laughs) tights from like falling on the trail and I think she's okay I hope she's okay it certainly looks like a that that race was a real challenge for her so just want to say awesome job vanessa i'm super happy and, and and proud of you
0: definitely that's quite the feat good job
1: we choose our runner girl of the week from our daily mile smash run strava feeds all of those links are on the sidebar of our website if you would like to be a future runner girl you can find us there and up next we have feedback well We don't have any emails this week, but we do have a call on the Runner Girls hotline. I didn't want to just post a separate episode for one call, but it's a pretty pretty long call. So I figured I'll include it on the end of our show. So if anybody would like to hear our call from Becky from Run Becky Run, stay tuned after the closing theme and you will hear Becky's call. As always, if you would like to call in to the Run and Girls hotline and tell us about your run or your race, that number is 207-200-3297. And that brings us to the end of the show. Katie, do you have a quote for us?
0: I do. And usually I try to pick something that's maybe running specific or that you can definitely apply to running which this one you can as well but just life in general Uh, i found this and it just really touched me this week it says love and compassion are necessities not luxuries without them humanity cannot survive and that's attributed to the dalai lama so just something to keep in mind throughout your day and all people you encounter, you know, it's really easy to disagree with someone, but even when you do, just, just try to have a little bit of understanding and empathy for where they're coming from.
1: That's a great reminder to just to be nice and care about people. Yes. Everybody's fighting their own battle, right? That's right. All right. Megan, do you want to close us out? That's it for episode four of season five.
2: Join us next time when we will be talking about downhill skiing in our cross training series.
0: If you have any questions, email runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com, post on facebook.com runnergirlspodcast tweet to us at runner Girls show, call the hotline at 207-200-3297 and follow us on Instagram at runnergirlspodcast. Listen to us at runnergirlspodcast.com, iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run.
1: Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Sue. And I'm Katie. And you've reached 207-200-3297.
0: The Runner Girls Hotline and we want to hear all about your run.
1: Just leave a message
2: after the beep and share your run with us and all of the runner girls and guys out there
1: listening. Thanks for calling. Now go outside and run.
3: Hi, ladies. This is Becky from Run Becky Run. I'm so sorry I haven't called recently. I promise I have been running. I wanted to call and give a what I'm calling a mini race recap of the Angela Ivory Memorial 50k in Selton, Delaware. It was on January 21st, a Saturday, and it was at Killens Pond State Park here in Delaware. And I know I wouldn't be able to finish the full 50k. Um, I wasn't trained for it properly and I had to attend a toddler's superhero birthday party at 11 a.m. that day and around eight o'clock. So I knew I would just fit in some miles and get my feet wet in terms of Seeing what an ultra marathon race experience looked like and also a trail race. So um, we decided that my husband and my daughter Delaney would stay home and I would go by myself because the race start time was at 8 a.m. or around there. I say around there because on the ultrasignup.com website it said an 8 a.m. race start, but on the race's website it said eight thirty. So I'm really type A and it bothered me that I didn't know the exact time start to the race. So um I also am a very bad driver and have no sense of direction. <laughs> so I um I, I tried to follow my GPS and I tried to follow the the race's website directions. I had to take sort of a circle around this weird access road next to a farmland, but I finally arrived at Killens Pond State Park to a bunch of cars waiting to get into the park so there were about 10 cars maybe and we had to wait for a park ranger to open the gate to the park so I followed the long line of cars into the park area and it was drizzling and kind of gray out but I was okay with that it had been raining a lot a couple days prior so that was fine by me and um, the race director was this older gentleman um, who got up on a picnic table where we were meeting the group, and he told us to follow the orange markers and to pay attention to certain areas that would be a little bit tricky in order to stay on the trail, um, and that basically you can start whenever you wanted. So I guess that cleared up the 8 versus 8.30 start time theory because it was extremely lax. Um, it was a free race, so I guess that. What you expect there, but the, um, there were about 10 or 15 participants. Some people brought their own fuel or food because it was a 50k slash 50 miler, and so I started around 8:10. And within the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of the race, someone, a, a woman in front of me, looked back and she motioned as if to say, "Which way do I go?" So there was a guy behind her. Hey, ladies, Becky here again. Sorry to take up so much time. I'll try and wrap this one up. Um, So this is a recap of the Angela Ivory 50K 50-miler in Felton, Delaware, on Saturday, January 21st. And so I had started the race, and we had initially gotten lost almost right away. So the guy in front of me pointed to the right direction, and we kind of followed him. Um, But maybe not even two miles into the race, the gentleman in front of me made a sharp left turn. And I honestly thought he was just going to go to the bathroom in the woods. So um, the race director said that there weren't any bathrooms available except he sort of motioned to the entire woods and said, you know, what you see is what you get. So I just kept going straight, which I thought was correct, and I went along my merry way. Um, then I came to two areas that didn't look right to me. I'd been following the orange signs slash these orange spray-painted areas on the ground, which – Another trail runner learning experience, those were just markers to tell folks or warn folks about roots and rocks on the trail. Just a little did I know. Um, I came to a clearing at a, on a paved road with zero markers, so I backtracked, and I found two other runners, one of whom name was Laura, and she was super nice. She was an extremely experienced ultra runner from New York, and she was super nice, and we, we had a great time chatting and running together. Um, and about 10 minutes after that, we saw the race director walking down the trail, and he's like, no, no, you're going the wrong way you have to follow the yellow markers. Okay. He had said at the beginning it was the orange markers. So he laughed, he apologized sheepishly, and we sort of course corrected and, and continued on. It was a loop of 3.1 miles. Um, so you did 10 loops for the 50K. And um, so luckily, even though we had followed the orange markers, we had only gone about 3.4 miles versus 3.1 miles on following the yellow trail. So it wasn't too far, of course. And so I did two loops, and at that point, I realized there's no way I'm getting in. I had wanted to do about 10 miles in about two hours, and that just did not seem to work. I was going much slower than I anticipated, and normally I'm about a 10:30 pace. I'm not a very fast runner, but I was doing about 11:11:30 pace. Um, you know, I was trying not to fall on my face, <laughs> um, and I was taking in the scenery too and just having a good time. So, um, about I was about 6.6 miles in after loop two, and I decided I'll just make it an even seven. But all in all, I really love my experience. I got a taste of what trail running is, and I think I really like it. I got to meet some really nice runners, and it's a free race. So I'll definitely be doing it again in 2018, and I hope to see some of you there. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you ladies soon. Now get outside and run.